0: It is Monday on Daily Delivery. Patrick Roycey joins me. I am your host, Michael Rand. Got a lot to get to, Patrick. Not a huge weekend of actual, you know, sports on the playing surfaces, Uh, you know, NBA All Star game. If you're into that sort of thing, I'm not. Patrick, I got a feeling you're not either. Uh, But uh, we still got plenty to get to nonetheless. I want to, Patrick, I want to get through a couple of the columns you wrote last week about the Vikings, including top 10 coaches in Vikings history, um, well, I guess top nine, and then Kevin O'Connell, wherever he slots in as number 10 eventually, and also your uh, your thoughts from his uh, um, introductory news conference on Thursday. I think we got to get to three own goals um, in one game, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I, I think the the story of what became kind of the story of the weekend outside of you know, NBA all-star festivities, Cat winning the three-point contest, which was kind of fun for the local fans, was the handshake line at the Wisconsin-Michigan game turns violent um, when John Howard, you know, strikes. I don't know. It wasn't quite a punch, uh, but he certainly hit um, Wisconsin's assistant coach, Kravinoff. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I, I was kind of, kind of, seeing it in on social media first and kind of seeing how everyone framed it. Then I watched and I was like, wow, he, he got him pretty, he popped him pretty good. And it was, you see why there was the timeout and then you see the the confrontation, but that is uh, that is some ugliness in the handshake line.
1: Yeah. The NBA, I mean, the NBA, the big 10, the Warren is going to, Act decisively, although I'm sure you know, this is a stand for him to stand up and draw attention to himself. And there's nothing he likes better than that, Kevin Warren. So uh, he'll uh, he'll he'll make some dramatic thing. I don't think uh, Wisconsin's going to go uh, unpunished by this either. No, uh, a guard. A lot of you look at it; it's hard to tell who stopped who. I, a lot of people's interpretation is Howard was going to walk by him. And then guard said something and, uh, you know, that, and that, that then Howard used that as an opportunity to go goofy, but all the videos we're seeing now are on, uh, you know, the, the, the Howard end of it, what, what is not getting as much attention the what happened with all the players. There was a lot of punches being thrown and stuff, yeah. crazy stuff going on. And, uh, there are going to be some players suspended too. uh, I I don't think our buddy Brad Brad Davison was involved, which is a surprise. But uh, the uh, I think the Gophers don't isn't Wisconsin the next foe here at uh, Williams Arena? Isn't it? I, don't think I think they're here Wednesday.
0: That's quite possible. So that uh, they could be a mistake. little short-handed.
1: Yeah, they could. They could. I bet Guard won't be coaching. Somebody else will. And uh, but Howard's going to end up getting suspended for. Probably through the Big Ten tournament or something, at least through the end of the season. I think they got three games left, and because they won't want that to be the big story at the tournament, I bet he gets suspended for the tournament too. Maybe. And they're iffy for the uh, they're iffy for getting into the NCAA field too. I think they're only about fourteen and eleven. The season in general has been a big flop for them. And uh, I don't think this guy loses. Well, then he had some kind of a dust up last year in the Big Ten tournament too, when they got beat, didn't he?
0: Yeah, it was it yeah. the Ohio? Is it the Ohio State coach that he doesn't like. Is that is there like a rivalry there or something like that? I feel like there's something where they've they've got something going. And yes, you are correct. The Gophers play the Badgers on Wednesday, so that would be interesting too.
1: Yes. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, they will, I'm, I'm sure they'll be announcing a verdict here today. But a troubled times for Michigan, no? Harbaugh yeah. you know, flirting with the Vikings. And then they got to try to, uh, they got to try to figure out, you know, how to schmooze that thing and make him, you know, committed to Michigan. And he got a new contract. Yeah,
0: Were you as shocked as I was at that? Patrick, yeah, but he got right. a new contract was, out of it all. That
1: was, uh, that was, that was, uh, you know, there were people – see, I really thought he probably wanted to leave college and go to the NFL. Sure. and But there were other people saying, nope, he's just trying to get a new contract out of Michigan, and uh, if that was his goal, he succeeded. He was trying to recover some of the money he had to, He was forced to give back to them, which don't you think originally that was idiotic of Michigan to – let it be known that he the guy's renegotiated his contract. You know, you can say he's lowered his buyout or stuff. But sure. Hey, we got to take some of his money away from him, too. I don't think that's very good PR. No, that makes that puts the whole thing in jeopardy. That puts more pressure on him. I mean, they bounced back and had a, had a great year, but uh, and beat Ohio State. But uh, Wade Emanuel is having his problems over there as the uh, as the athletic director. And this thing is. This thing is speeding right into the, you know, the the new uh, type of media. I was I was in the car when it was being talked about on ESPN Radio last night. And, oh man, they couldn't they couldn't pontificate more. <laughs> that, you know that it was it's great to pontificate and how our game doesn't need this. It's not your game. You're you're watching the game just like the rest of us. It's not your game. You're not the protectorate of the game. And uh, I mean, we can say, boy, that didn't look good. But all this pompous, uh, you know, uh, boy, am I offended by this uh, stuff driving me crazy. You know, I just, we'll see how it play out. Nobody got hurt. Yeah. And this Krabbenhoff, I think is kind of a punk anyway, from what I understand. So, uh, you know, he was, his father is one of, uh, was, uh, is one of Denny Sanford's right hand man. He doesn't oh, run. Right? He doesn't okay. run the company anymore. But he did. But the one of the reasons, one of the reasons Augustana was trying to go to D one, they're going to do it in hockey, but do it in everything. Supposedly was because the old man wanted the Augustana to be a D one program, so they could hire the kid as the uh, as the as the D one coach at Augustana. So
0: Jeez, that's a that's a lot that was, of that's a lot of work to get your kid a D one yes, job. Yeah, well,
1: they got a lot of money and they, they give, give it, away. Denny's money. They might as well get themselves. A, they might as well get themselves a D one basketball program,
0: but that's uh, amazing. Take a playcation to mystic Lake for 24 seven gaming, fun restaurants and bars and luxurious hotel rooms and join club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to mystic Lake, where every day is play day.
1: You know what? This is a kind of a void. You know, we're past the Super Bowl here, and we're past uh, coaching hirings and firings, and we don't have baseball.
0: Olympics just ended. Uh,
1: Olympics just ended. This is a great time to spend seventy-two hours being outraged because some, uh, uh, <laughs> yes, some some uh, basketball players and the coaches got a little tiff. But uh, I said to you before we came out, I truly believe this. This is another downside of sportsmanship. <laughs> We don't have to be shaking hands. Just the NBA's got it figured out. The two coaches give each other a little howdy-do, and maybe a couple of guys who played with each other before will go out and hug in the middle of the... We don't need the handshake line. Let's get rid of the handshake line in all sports. Use it after the seventh game of the Stanley Cup and maybe the state championship games, and that's it. We don't need it when Fold is playing Slayton now, we don't need the damn handshake line down there. Get rid of the handshake line. And uh, we wouldn't have these problems.
0: So the sportsmanship is the problem. Is the
1: Sportsmanship <laughs> is overrated. That's what I tell you.
0: It's forcing people to like each other after they just yeah, went yeah, at each I mean, other for a while. It,
1: I mean, it's fine. sportsmanship's why you're competing. Yes, but don't take cheap shots and all that stuff. But uh this, this idea that we're going to shake hands with each other to show, you know, how much we enjoyed the competition is just it, it's a formula for trouble. That's what it is. So and, and if you're a bad sport and you're a kid on a high school team and you are crushed by a defeat. You should be able to walk off if you want to and not participate in the handshake line without everybody being upset too many handshakes in sports that's my theory
0: yes well i can buy i can buy that I, I, I don't you know they also shouldn't probably be taking swings at each other but you put you put no, people no, in a no, you, no, you, no. But you, yeah. but you put them in a volatile situation you know right after that and you know, that, that would have been defused by just everybody walked to the locker room. And then 10 minutes later, you probably forget about the fact that you're mad that they called a timeout with 15 seconds left. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's the moment you're, you're looking for something to be offended at beyond your team right then. Right. You gotta be upset the way your team played and faded down the stretch, and, Uh, so you're looking at for something else to be upset about. I don't think Juwan's a good loser. And, no. Uh, that's what we uh,
0: ran into here. So, he's by the some, way, getting some opportunities this year. What?
1: One other college basketball note Tim Miles, saw that. Uh, San Jose State, got his first victory in the Mountain West. I mean, he was out there previously with Colorado State. Yes.
0: But first
1: victory after 0 14, beat Richie's team uh, yes. yesterday and beat him bad in the second half. I was reading the Albuquerque paper. And uh, this before we went on, you think we were mean to Richie here? The no, no, married no, him. <laughs> yeah. and he was it was the game story saying how they embarrassed themselves. So, you know, it was pretty good. So,
0: i have to go look at that.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was not happy with Richie. So, richie Richard's performance there apparently they had allowed this feisty San Jose State team to shoot 71 percent the second half. Ugh
0: that's <laughs> the vintage so patino defense right there yeah yes that's that's true uh, Patrick I want to get to a couple of your Vikings columns from last week including the one that you wrote after the Kevin O'Connell introductory news conference where you talked to you had some observations you also talked to Bud grant um, legendary Vikings coach who by the way do you do you see a physical similarity between? o'connell and grant because every time i look at o'connell i see a little bit of bud grant for some reason i don't know if it's the eyes what it is but there's something about the two of them that that makes me think they look like each other
1: uh yeah i would have to really well except when bud was that age bud was one of those guys like sparky anderson and some other guys who looked the same at 38 as they (laughs) did at 68 you know they age they got the gray hair early and they aged early. Now this kid looks like he could, you know, still play quarterback, but
0: uh yeah, it's uh yeah, it
1: well, I think the tallness, you know, the yeah. tallness of the situation and uh, you know, I use this in the column and it's a and it's a it's a famous uh, my my favorite thing about Bud really is uh the the favorite little anecdote about Bud is when Jim Finks told the general manager told, uh, Bill McGrain, his PR guy used to be a great sports writer at the, at the Tribune, uh, to go out to the airport and pick up Bud and, and, uh, and McGrain didn't know him, you know, cause McGrain wasn't here when Bud was in town. And, uh, he says, how will I know it's him. And he said, look for the guy who looks like the town marshal, <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: That's right, <about laughs> you, <know? laughs>
1: you know, and, uh, that's that's the legend and bud always had that look it's funny how and i think this happens to most sports guys uh you know bud was so cautious with his words yes back in the day you know when he coached and everything now he man you can sit and talk to him forever and uh he's got story i mean i'm sitting there talking to him and i use these two stories sunday i didn't know I I'd forgotten one of these things and I've I i did not ever know the other one that he was almost on that flight when Calvin Jones hit the mountain at the you know the the plane that coming out of Vancouver where they yeah. had their first all-star game. He was, you know, he was and I, he got a call right when he was leaving the hotel to go out for breakfast and said, We can get you on the morning flight. So he and four other guys from Winnipeg got on the morning flight. Calvin Jones slept in and the that plane that left late in the afternoon Mm -hmm. ran into a mountain and uh they all 62 of them got killed. So Mm -hmm. Bud would have Bud and like a week later they named him as the 29 year old head coach. He went from being an all-star player to a uh in Canada to being the head coach of the blue bombers at age 29. And then then he intercepted five passes in a in a playoff game up there. What and he says he says intercepted five passes in the in a playoff game up there, and I looked it up, and it was yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a bad memory. It's true, in 1953, and that's got to be a world record for a playoff game in yeah. either the U.S. or Canada, right?
0: Yeah, five interceptions. That's five
1: and He usually he was he was better known as a receiver, but he also he had played two ways back then, and he he said that he usually played cornerback, but he told the coach that he should play safety because he could read. Frank Filchak's eyes, the quarterback, so he intercepted five passes.
0: He didn't throw it more than five times most games back then. Jesus. And and now now I
1: should point this out too. This yeah. is a little more Frank Filchak information <laughs> people need. But when I looked up <laughs> Frank Filchak he got suspended from the NFL for four games for four years for throwing games. Oh, so, man. Maybe, so maybe he was just throwing it to butt on purpose. I don't know. <laughs> so, so anyway, it's, uh, it's amazing. I, I I've said one good th- one thing about the pandemic, uh, and which we're coming out of now, thank God, I think, but, uh, and things are getting normal, but, I've I've never gone down rabbit holes for no reason more than my life, just because there's nothing else going on. You start looking at, uh, you start looking at stuff,
0: and, yes. and Now
1: I'm a, now I'm a scholar on Frank Filchak. I can tell you that never would have happened previously.
0: So that that's was, amazing. Well, yeah. The the column itself was interesting too, just because I don't know if I'd ever heard Bud talk about Kirk Cousins before, and you quoted yes. him extensively talking about Kirk Cousins. Let me just read it really quick. For those who might not have read it, um, you got Bud talking about uh, Kirk Cousins later on in the story here, just kind of in the context of what O'Connell had been saying about him and things like that. You got uh, um, Cousins was very good too, and I'd take him. This is comparing him to Stafford. You know why he plays? He has the most important ability, durability, and that's that's a Budism right there. Uh, there's nothing better than when preparing for a season for a game than knowing you're going to have the same quarterback every week. That's why we won so many games in the 70s. We had Fran Tarkenton. He got hurt once late in his career, but when he came back to the Vikings in 1972, we knew what we would have at quarterback every week. Tarkenton was an all-time great, retired with the NFL passing records at the time. He said, Cousins is good. As a coach, I'd be more than happy to go into a season with him because I'd know he was going to be there for us every week. COVID willing.
1: And I gotta say that was Bud offering that up. I yes. had asked about Cousins. Bud, Bud, Bud brought up that Mark Craig asked uh, the question about uh, comparing Stafford to uh, yes Cousins, and Bud, Bud basically was he was basically saying he thinks Cousins, you know, Stafford is like the last six years has missed three games too. He got hurt a little early in his career, but Bud. Bud thinks that Stafford should be compared to Cousins than uh, the other way around, but that's you know the fact that Stafford is Stafford won a Super Bowl is the reason we all have this new right view, view of him. But Bud, Bud likes him. He thinks he's a very accurate thrower, and uh, and you know if, if if the offense is properly designed, uh, that he'll have a he'll be a good year for him. I it it really is though, Mike. I think we're all sitting here, you know we. We still have Rick Spielman aftershock, right?
0: Yeah.
1: In, <laughs> yes. in the sense that they're telling us, you know, uh, Adolfo Mensa, and they're telling us how much they like Kirk, but Rick would be telling us the same thing right now if he yes. still had a job, right? So yes. you never know when they're lying to you or not. But the story is out that, uh, that Cousins is not, interested in taking any kind of a pay cut. So if, if you do redo the contract, all you, you're still going to be paying at an extremely high level just over a longer period of time. And I don't think that should surprise anybody, right? I mean, the, no. the number the number one thing he and his agent wanted to do uh when they first signed here was get everything guaranteed. So yes he's not he's not giving up any money. But that that certainly I, I would imagine if you're a fan, you get a little sick of hearing about it, right? Because it's beat to death and the uh, media, we're all beating it to death. But that's the number one angle with the new uh, coaching operation is his uh, cousin's the guy or not, right? Because he got $45 million sitting there on your cap that you got to figure something out with.
0: I wonder if they'll just let him play it out. I, I, I didn't think that was ever going to be like of all the options, you know, the three big options, you know, a couple months ago, I didn't think that was a palatable one. But you do just kind of wonder if they'll see how it goes this year and just kind of play it out. Kind of like what Washington did when they franchised him a couple of times and then just yep. said, nah, let's that's it. That's we'll, we'll take the pain this year. You can't
1: franchise him, but this is a lot different than when Washington was franchising him too. He was young then.
0: Yes, right? That's true. And he yeah. had a
1: big market. He's uh, you know, I I think you can play it out. If you can, if you can figure out a way to suck up the 45 million, I would just play it out because uh, he's not, you're still going to have a good chance to sign him. Cause I still don't believe there's going to be this red hot market for a 36 year old quarterback, unless he goes and wins a super bowl or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, if you get rid of Hunter and you get rid of Barr, and you get rid of those two tackles in the middle, right? Uh yes. you, you you can you can figure it out, can't you? you yeah. Can, you could. I mean, the cap's going to go up some too, right? Yeah. So
0: it is. Cousins so, right now. Uh, Cousins is thirty three. He'll be thirty four at the start of this upcoming season. But still, that's you know, he's pretty for a durable quarterback. You could imagine him having three or four more pretty good, pretty you know, standard years for him. So I I think he could. I don't think he'd get the same contract he got from the Vikings, but if he got to free agency again, he'd have a, he'd have some kind of market at least. I would Oh say. yeah.
1: He'd have a market. I'm just saying you could bring it back if you wanted yeah. to, but here's the other deal, do you, if you tie your wagon to him for four years to extend it out, I don't think you want to do that. I don't think
0: you, do, I think I don't think you, you gotta, do either.
1: I think you got to see more and uh, it's uh, you know, he's an annoying guy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He annoys me. He annoyed me when he first came here and he was arrogant and he annoys me now when he tries not to be arrogant, he annoys me more because you know, deep in his heart that, uh, what an arrogant guy he is. So, uh, but there's, I see no option better than him right now. There's nobody to draft. There's no great young quarterback, you know. You know you're you know Deshaun Watson. Whoever came up with that rumor is
0: Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson did.
1: Yeah, you think you're gonna bring Deshaun Watson to this town? You know. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta you know bring him to. I don't know what market would accept him, but certainly not Minnesota. No. uh, With the you know. um, an accused sexual predator for god's sake so it's uh that's that's not gonna happen i i don't know but uh it'll be uh it'll be interesting off season we got wade phillips's uh son huh bum phillips's grandson i love that if he's got if he's got the personality of uh those two guys that would be fun yes the, uh, the new uh offensive court i wonder how he got on the offensive side of the ball that guy uh, Wes Phillips, uh, is his name. And, uh, you know, his, his dad seemed to be a good guy and his old man's the funniest guy that ever lived. You know? Right? He would, uh, you know, when, when he was, when he coached Houston and, and the other places, but, uh, so he must have some big, uh, personality, but we have, uh, what do we have now? We got a quarterback coach. We got an assistant quarterback coach. We got an offensive coordinator. <laughs> we got a, we got a passing game coordinator. Mm-hmm. And then we got a head coach. Is, uh, we got a head, head coach. When I was trying to put a litany of all the guys who could be in the meeting room, I forgot the passing game coordinator. Yeah. So well, you got see. a quarterback, you got a quarterback coach, an assistant quarterback coach, and a passing game coordinator. So the quarterback's coaches are just handling the quarterbacks. They don't have anything to do with planning just huh? They just – they just look at the fundamentals, but that was one thing Bud told me I didn't get into. He said, I don't know how they can stand to have all these coaches and drive me crazy. They yeah. have all those guys. I don't know what they're saying to everybody. I don't want to. I don't want that many people talking to the players, you know?
0: Yeah, I suppose. I
1: wanted them to get this message that, you know, and I mean, obviously the world has changed incredibly, but do you really need 25, 30 coaches? I I don't know. It's uh it's 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 got to be a little uh, convoluted to do it that way you no, know bud so. had i think bud and the most he had was 6 and buzz birdies was basically in, in in charge of finding bargains for bud and the other coaches you know that uh if they needed a refrigerator, Buzz and Buzz would go out and get them a good deal on it. Stuff like that. Buzz was Buzz was just basically the the guy who hustled things up and they gave him some job, defensive backs or something, but they had six coaches and including Buzz, who who was uh, you know, you never had to pay retail if you worked with Buzz. So
0: anyway. I want to get to your list of coaches. I'm, I don't know where Kevin O'Connell's gonna fit. I know he
1: won't be any lower than (laughs) ninth.
0: That's that's right. That's that's a saving grace for any (laughs) coach coming in here for the rest of history. You know you're not going to be last. You'd have to work extraordinarily hard to find yourself below Les Steckle. Or or Les 3-13 and
1: one year less. The the thing, and I mentioned this when I rated them, the thing about Les is those guys were bailing out on him all month man they couldn't there was no ailment too small that would prevent that they would not use to prevent them from playing they uh, they wanted no more they wanted no more part at less
0: well and that was that was that's the extraordinary thing because i you know that was very early in my you know football watching days but it was just amazing to me because if you looked at that season they started out two and two and like uh, their first Eight games, their first like 10 games were pretty close. Like, you know, they got they got blown out in the opener, but then they lost by two, one by seven, one by one, lost by eight, lost by four, lost by three, lost by two, lost by nine, one by three. Then the last six games lost by 28, lost by 21, lost by 31, lost by 14, lost by 44 and lost by 24. They definitely had enough.
1: I had never actually looked at those numbers closer. <laughs> they got in the NFL. It's hard to get beat that bad, that often. So yeah, they, they just, that's enough. Yeah. Less. Greg Wong, uh, Greg Wong who served in the army at the, uh, for a couple of years, he didn't go to Vietnam, but uh, he was the beat guy in St. Paul and he was doing an analy- analysis and one of the, uh, one of the cheapest shots of all time he had in there. Les always tells us about all the men that he led into the jungle. He never tells us how many he led out. <laughs> <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> something, something like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, not not something you can get away with uh, today.
0: Oh, but, uh, that's that's a pretty good line though. Yeah,
1: well, I uh, I uh, on my list I really felt that I I kind of done it earlier and yeah. then I, I started re uh, figuring it a little bit and uh, i'm always going to put chili a little higher than people want cuz chili almost took us to the super bowl yes. and chili wasn't that bad okay they no. were they were 10 and 6 of one year and then they were 12 and 4 but uh you know i don't you know he ended up whoever decided to bring Randy Randy Moss in here yeah. and i i think he was Talked into it. I don't think he was really saying, Get me Randy Moss. Yeah. I think the ownership actually wanted. I think the Wolves wanted him. And and they needed to do something to punch up that season. But that's what ended up costing him his job, basically, is, is oh, yeah. he got run in with Moss and Moss started publicly badmouthing him. And <clears throat> that's that's what ended up costing him his job. Yeah. So I put him a little higher. I tell you, I put him what. Tied with
0: uh, you get him tied, tied for with fifth Zim with, for, with Zimmer, which I think is about fair.
1: And the one that I don't like uh, the, that I have to put him down there that low was tight, Tice, because Tice, yeah, was a, Tice just didn't get any, Tice just didn't get any uh, um, um, support, support. Yeah, you know what, I, I think when I do in the list, do you, you think they had pretty good coaches here, right? Yeah, I mean, in general, not, Les Fraser was you know he wasn't kind of a non entity but uh you know he had the, the Peterson's big year we I guess we forget that uh his his real bad year was that was that, was that when Peterson got uh, suspended probably no
0: that was Zimmer's first year. Oh 14. oh Zimmer's
1: first year okay so 2013 yeah that that was a that, that was just Christian Ponder getting worse. Christian Ponder was one of those rare quarterbacks who got worse. Yes. you, know? <laughs> you know, He was, he just got, he's got, just got worse and worse. But uh, yeah, the the top two aren't too hard to come up with. But Denny, and, yeah. And, well, how,
0: and, how did Norm Van Brocklin get into your third spot? I'm curious about cause that. Cause he, if you re, we,
1: he, came, he came in here and we were the second, second the, the Vikings were secondary to the gophers by a huge margin, right? Sure. We didn't we were we weren't that sure the, the NFL was not what it is today, and the Vikings were not immediately popular. And by 64, they you know they were eight, five, and one, they were second in the NFC West, and uh and which was then a 17 division yeah. oh right. it was a seven team division and he they, they he really as crazy as he was he really had him on the rise but then the so that's i kind of he came in and i i gave him credit for developing it you know and okay. create creating a fan base and uh he was a pretty sharp guy i i mean i never dealt with him that much but by all accounts he was a pretty sharp guy until he got full of whiskey and then he'd uh, you know that him and Klobuchar would be fighting with each other out at Jack's Supper Club, <laughs> and, you know. Jerwan Howard, Greg Gerard had nothing on
0: those two guys, no. you know, right
1: out at the bar, and uh, and uh, it, it was a different world, obviously. But yes, you know, he came in, we were excited to have him, and the first four years they kept getting better and better and better. And that's okay. kind of, I, I kind of threw him in there to to recall that, uh, you know, he was the, he was the first builder of a program here and then he, he and Tarkington got cross swords and, and 65, I've told this story a hundred times, but, uh, you know, he, they, they, they had big optimism. They were doing mediocre to start the year and then they lost one. I can't remember like week six, they lost one. They thought they should have won. And he went home and got full of whiskey and, quit called in and the next morning and said he was quitting and that became a big story in town and that's the famous story for me i'm a copy boy in there and charlie johnson was the sports editor executive sports editor and sid was the morning sports editor and those two guys were standing right next to the little cubby hole where i was sitting and they they couldn't have insulted Ben Brocklin more. They both hated him because he was a very abusive guy when he got in a certain way. And then they both wrote columns begging him to come back the next day. And I said, <laughs> what the hell is this? And, uh, and he did, he came back the next day. He came back on Tuesday, but it was, he never got the team back, you know, after that, they, you know, they, and then he got in the feud with Tarkington and and uh people, however, say that uh you know Brocklin forced out Tarkington. Well, that's not true because when Tarkington wrote the let wrote wrote an open letter uh-huh. in six sixty seven in January of sixty-seven, I believe it was. And I think it was January, maybe late December, I don't know. But okay. it came out that he'd written a letter. I want I I I want to leave the Vikings, I can't play with he basically said he couldn't play with Van Brocklin because Van Brocklin had benched him for a game in Atlanta.
0: Oh, God. Which town. is hometown, yeah.
1: Hometown, yeah. And uh, they, and uh, he wrote that letter. Well, Van Brocklin then quit. Van Brocklin quit after that. Right. And Fran did not rescind. <laughs> the. He no. wanted out of here. He wanted to go Fair. to some place like New York and become yeah. a big bigger star. And, and it worked out perfect for him because he was there for five years with the Giants. They were mediocre and then came back here in 72. They were 7-7 the first year, but then went to three Super Bowls. So right. it worked out uh, for everybody but Van Brocklin. But you know, the, the Van Brocklin went to Atlanta and that one year the Vikings won their first 10, I think. the Van Brocklin beat them down in Atlanta. Is and that was right? A- Loss of the year somewhere in there yeah huh. some year. these are this is all I, I think they won their first 10 they ended up that was one of their 12 and two years which they had all the time back in those days so anyway that's how i got him up to third all and right. he might be he might be a little overrated that's for sure but uh i just think his historic place in the franchise i gave him
0: extra credit for that I got one plus, question. One more plus question. When
1: you're doing a list, you got to be a little controversial. Right? You do.
0: <laughs> yes. Right. That was the one. Yeah. That, yeah. The, I'll read the rest of this quick thing. I got one more question for you about it before we go, well, before we get to the own goals. And then we go, uh, Jerry Burns four, Zimmer and Childress tied for five, Tice seven, Leslie Frazier, eight, Les Seckle nine. That, all look, that all looks pretty good to me when I think about mm-hmm. it all. How did, you know, how did Jerry Burns get this thing turned around? Cause they were really just kind of, stumbling through the early mid part of the 80s whether it was still bud here or whether it was the last tackle year and then bud comes back they're seven and nine that year what did Bernsey yeah. do to get them turned around
1: uh ac out there in the flat is a ball thrown in at that, low that isn't snoker's fault you know they had some players and uh uh you know i i think that some we hadn't made the Herschel Walker trade yet, right? No, because that was eighty nine, right? They had some, yeah, they had some fairly young, young of, uh, you know, they had some young players, and they just. The, the 87 run, you know, 86, I can't even remember what were they. The I don't think five. they were
0: that good. I think they were like yeah. seven and nine again or something. But
1: 87, like we, we keep forgetting that they were eight and seven that year back into the playoffs, but three of the losses were strike breakers. Right.
0: They are eight and four. <laughs> with the- Yeah, they,
1: they made no attempt to put together a strike team. So they were actually eight and two in real games. That was a really talented team. And, uh, and. I you know I give Bernie all the credit in the world for that playoff run because it would have been one of the great playoff runs in NFL history yes. and they and they made it to the Super Bowl because New Orleans that was New Orleans really first really good team yes they just went down there and blew their doors off yeah and then and they get Joe Montana booed off the field at uh, in right. San Francisco at halftime and uh, then they damn near beat a the the great Washington team. So uh, the one that would win the Super Bowl. So that was, I give Birdsey extra credit for that run. And he was a sharp guy. The players like playing for him. They knew he was, uh, you know, he doesn't come off as the, as the sharpest guy ever, but he was an offensively a uh, really sharp guy. And he could really tell a football player, I think. And, uh, and he loved football players. He, you know, the, the gritty and he loved that, those guys and he, he just related to them pretty well then the Herschel Walker trade they started losing their draft trade. He never wanted that trade. No. in fact that's one thing Bud told me was uh he said I was asking him about his relationship with the with fakes and, and the GM he said he said when I came down here here for uh from Winnipeg it was with the understanding that I would decide the 53 player roster. Okay. You know you you get me the you get me the 60, 70 players. That's fine, but uh, I'm gonna I I picked the team, and he he said that uh, he said you know he had a great relationship with Finks, then he said Lynn was okay because Lynn had let listen to you you know and, and let you make the decisions. Yeah, he said he said the worst thing that happened to Bernsey, is he said I would have never let it happen is the Herschel Walker trade. He yeah. said I wouldn't I would have never let Mint, well, Lynn make that trade. And he said and Jerry didn't want to make that trade, but Jerry didn't have the same understanding yeah. that, that Bud did, which was he could he could basically say, Nope, I don't want him. So
0: yeah. Huh. Anyway, anyway,
1: but uh yeah, but Bernsey, you know, that that playoff run more than anything, but he he could relate to yeah, I never met anybody who who you know who played for him who didn't love him, you know, Yeah. know. As a character or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of chuckling in the back of the room when he's giving him one of his profanity filled
0: speeches. The Schneider rant. Yeah.
1: Or something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's, uh you know, he was just the funny thing about him was he had the hardest to get along. Well, Danny's teams weren't easy to get along with either, but he had the hardest team to get along with man there's a lot of cranky guys on that team and they all hated the media and and to the most part and uh and yet, yeah, and but we loved him all the writers loved him just just even though even he'd tell it us even when he'd tell us what a bunch of jackasses we were we'd laugh at him so i think the players probably had the same reaction to him
0: well, they went to the playoffs the next two years after the yes. playoff run. After that run, they went eleven and five the year after that, ten and six. They won up another playoff game in there. So yeah, it was a pretty good three year run for sure for him. And you get three years in a row of making the playoffs here. That's uh, a <clears throat> have they done that since Denny? I don't think they. I don't think they. I dare say they have not. So no,
1: I don't think they have. Denny, you know, Denny made it eight out of nine.
0: It's yeah, like, until what? that till the year it all fell apart, and then Tice yeah. made it once. Uh, Childress made it twice, twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Zimmer never made it twice in a row. Frazier made it once. So, yeah. So
1: and well, ends up, what Did he make it four times or three, three
0: three and eight Just years, three, eight years. Oof. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. That's not enough in the modern uh, NFL. That's not enough. There was really no excuse for not making the playoffs this year. They, no, they were, they were, they were, uh, you know, the, not making the top seven with that roster item it was uh, it was uh, not good, to say the least. Zim, de- Zim, deserved de- Zim and uh, Spielman deserved their fate.
0: I agree. Let's end quick. Um, <laughs> U.S. beats New Zealand 5 nothing in the uh, She Believes Cup. Three of the goals for first the U.S., trip. all three in the first half, own goals by the same New Zealand player, Michaela Moore. Uh, I—you could watch soccer for the next thousand years. I don't know if you'd ever see that again.
1: Oh, she's a defender. I looked her up. The goals, Mike, came in the fifth minute, the sixth minute. So there was two, and yes, two, and then in the thirty-sixth minute. Yes. So,
0: but they were the first three of the game. Yes.
1: <laughs> the U.S. The U.S. is probably saying, "Come on, let us score one."
0: <laughs> Pass it to Michaela.
1: <laughs> let us score one ourselves. Yeah. Uh, she just kept getting her foot in the wrong place, I guess, when she's trying to play the ball. But I've never seen anything like
0: that. No. That's, that's awful. Uh, that's I, I feel that's, I feel terrible for that for, for her. It's just, I mean, occasionally that happens in soccer, right? You, yeah. You're defending a cross or something like that. And then you know you try to head it out of bounds to, to safety and end up heading it in the net, or you you know it deflects it, it, off you, but
1: hits you in a body part by yeah, action.
0: Three <laughs> of them in that same half in a pretty big stage. It's just uh that's terrible, they finally, but
1: it's... they finally pulled her after 40 minutes. Yeah,
0: they pulled her. Uh, the Mercy. Coach.
1: must have been the first stoppage after she didn't want to pull her right after the third one. She
0: went
1: <laughs> no. to pull her out, but the poor, I hope she, uh, I hope she can. I, know, I mean, let's face it. New Zealand is not a woman's soccer power. I hope she could, you know, get on with her life here. That yes, does
0: that. I hope but so too.
1: But she is, you know, but. When she passes from this veil of tears, the poor girl, it's going to be, you know, 40 years from now. Michaela Moore, who scored three own goals, <laughs> you know, the obit. Uh, right. The way at age 93. Uh,
0: first uh, line of the obit. That's not, uh, <laughs> yeah. not what you want. What no, you,
1: want. No, you always You always kind of wonder what that's going to say. You kind of hope your relatives write it for you instead of
0: neutral sources. So. <laughs> All right, Patrick, well, all right,
1: Olympics. good we stuff. The Olympics, it's got to be the biggest dud Olympics of all time. Yeah. When your number one story is a cheating 15-year-old Russian. That's uh, not too good. How about the Russian coach? How do you like her, Fra Blucher?
0: Yeah. Doing
1: Chew, her out after she after she fell down. God almighty. I hope I hope Putin doesn't attack Finland because they beat him in the hockey game. For God's sake. So uh, anyway. Uh that's a, the highlight of the Olympics for me is Finland beating the Russians yes. in, the, in the in the in the hockey final for Finland. It. First Finland's first gold medal I saw them lose to Sweden in uh in the first shootout. Really? Uh, uh, for the gold medal in uh Lillehammer they uh, they played Sweden and they got they they, they lost in overtime. I in that in, in that game oh, yeah. to uh, to uh the Swedes. So uh I remember that one. So Anyhow, I had more fun in Lilyhammer than I think anybody had in Beijing. I so. think
0: that's probably accurate. Hopefully, the next Olympics are a little bit more normalish yes. than uh, than the last two have been. All right, sir. Good stuff. Right. Appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. We'll
1: have more to talk about next week. We just, you wait? know what? We'll have more. We had,
0: we had plenty. We always have plenty to talk about. It just depends on what it is. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye.